Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we are going to feature Chuck Swisher in our Life Enrichment series titled A Little More Rain. Chuck is a professional bullfighter who focuses on the cowboy protection side of things and was previously featured in episode number 10 of Let Freedom Reign podcast. In this episode, we're going to focus on small business, specifically Chuck's venture of Swisher Beef. Throughout the episode, we'll discuss the importance of sustainably raising cattle, knowing your food source, and given the current state of the world, supporting local business. Chuck is one of the greatest people this Western industry has to offer. And for more information on Swisher Beef, you can find them on both Facebook and Instagram under Swisher Beef Co. That's S-W-I-S-H-E-R-B-E-E-F-C-O. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our ALMR conversation with Chuck Swisher. Chuck Swisher, my man, what's going on? What's up, dude? How are you? Dude, it has been a long time coming, man. Uh, originally featured here at Let Freedom Rain podcast in episode 10, and I was just looking back on it last night, dude. That was October of 2018 we had that conversation. Holy smokes, man. It's been a long time, I man. Saying, little, little things have changed in our life. I know you uh, joined that Quitters Club, and you're now married and running a beef <laughs> yeah. company. And <laughs> yeah. Grew up, got a real job, yep. got my hair cut, yep. the whole works. I, that's what I tell all my buddies, man. It happens to the best of us. We can only hold off so long. Sooner or later, man, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, especially in this line of work, uh, in the Western way of life and all the traveling and, and just the man hours that goes into a daily operation of any sort, uh, if you don't have a good partner there to support you and push you and, and challenge you, uh, it can make things very challenging in a relationship, yeah. right? Dude, a hundred percent, man. It is, it's actually been such a huge blessing having my wife, Carolyn here with me, dude. Yeah. Uh, we got, we got married, uh, last May, I guess. So actually I better, uh, be thinking about anniversary cause it's coming up, but, uh, been married for almost a year, but dude, it's been such a, such a huge help having her, uh, a lot of weight gets taken off my shoulders because she steps in and, uh, she helps and she, she knows how to earn her keep and, uh, man, it's just great, you know, just having another uh, body next to you, pushing and making things go. So. Yeah, it's cool to fight on, you know, shoulder to shoulder on that. Yep, yep, exactly. A lot of times we're we're fighting head to head, but uh, <laughs> it's it's nice knowing that she has my back. And heck yeah, good stuff, man. So I'm going to bring you on. Obviously, we talked about this a little more rain series. We focus on more life enrichment topics, and and today we're going to talk about kind of the beef industry and supporting your local business and knowing your food sources and things of that sort. And obviously you have experience with, with starting Swisher beef a couple of years ago. So why don't you go into kind of a, just a brief history of what that's all about. And then we'll kind of get into kind of some of the lessons you learn and, and how folks can get rallied around these local farmers and local producers. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Swisher beef actually started just kind of out of a whim. One day I, I was, uh, or my my family we we've always butchered a beef for ourselves you know and it's just been something that we've always just fed ourselves and uh one day I was at church and we were holding the door and uh at, at the time I was getting ready to put a beef on feed or whatever for my family at the time and 
So we were holding the doors at church and we got to talking to the guy who's holding the other door. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're thinking about uh, getting up a baby calf and bottle feeding it. Then we're going to let it grow for a while. And then we're going to turn around and butcher it for our family. And I was like, well, how about this? I said, how about we, uh, we just get you a, a steer, whatever, same size as mine. We throw them in the pen together and that way they're, they have buddies and they can, they can grow together and that way they won't be alone. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then I was like, well, dang, maybe I should kind of hit up a few more people just to see. And man, I, I put a feeler out on Facebook for it and dude, it just blew up. Like it, it literally went way past and it's still going way past what I ever thought it would be. It's such a huge blessing. And, uh, like it's just crazy because I always knew that I needed a, a plan B from rodeo because rodeo is not going to last forever. You know, there's yeah. injuries that be involved and sooner or later I might have to retire and, uh, and then retiring from rodeo, you know, you don't actually get retirement. Yeah. No like, yep. yeah. Like you don't get your retirement checks every month. So I was like, I've got to have a plan B that's going to be sustainable. That's going to last no matter what. And that's, that's one thing I always told myself. I said, if I ever start a business, I want it to be something that people are always going to have to have, Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, and people are always going to have to eat, you know, no matter what year, or what kind of craziness is going on in the world, people are always going to have to eat. So I was like, well, let's, let's start Swisher Beef Co. And, uh, it started, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, December of 18, I think. And, uh, my, my goal was from December to December to sell 10 head of beef. And I had another buddy who was actually, he's been in the beef business for five years and he's like, Chuck, I've got 50 customers that come back every year. And I was like, all right, well, if I could sell 10 beef a year or sell 10 beef this year, then for every other year, I'll add another 10 on. I'll be right there with him. I'll have 50 in five years. Yeah. Yeah. Literally we, uh, started in December, get to San Antonio in February and I sold my 12th steer. So in like two months, yeah, two months I sold 12 head of beef and I was like, holy smokes, like this is going way better than what I thought it was going to be. So the great part about the great part about all this plan, right? Is it like you talked about, right? When you do the bullfighting stuff and and, and the cowboy protection stuff, I mean, it's only a blink of an eye before the career is over. And, and a lot of people don't answer that question of when it's all said and done, or I hang my uniform for the last time, right? Uh, what next? So it's great to see that you're getting kind of ahead of the curve on that, right. And getting your feet wet and getting some years of experience under your belt. And it's something that's manageable. It's something that you and your wife can run together. It doesn't require a whole bunch of oversight and things of that sort. And, and, and what I want to kind of cover, and I think this is where the pendulum has swung so much is that with the big, with the big beef industry, uh, the lack of social media, the lack of the internet in years past, right? They can kind of pull the wool over folks' eyes and whatever they tell a consumer or a customer, is, you, you got to kind of take his gospel because there's no way of refuting it. But yep. now, right, with the internet and, and social media, oh, yeah. there's nothing to hide behind, right? And now there's so yeah. much more of a focus amongst the the populace that they want to know where their food's coming. They want to mm-hmm. know the quality of the beef. They want to know how those cattle are raised and handled and things of that sort. And that's yeah. something that you guys offer in a small time operation, but it's a very, very specific, genuine niche market that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So our deal is, is all local. And what we like to do is we actually like to build a relationship with our customers, the people who buy beef from us. So they know like, all right, we know exactly where Chuck and Carolyn live. We know where their house is at. We get to like, we invite customers to the house to look through the steers if they want. If nothing else, they, they can at least see our faces and yeah. uh, see where we live. 
and then two, like our whole, our whole goal is quality. So we, we do everything that we can to have the best quality possible because I, whenever Jason's freezer gets a quarter of the way from being empty, like Jason's going ahead and calling Swisher yep. Beef Company yep. saying, hey, we, uh, we're almost out. We'd like to go ahead and get another one on the book. So that way the freezer actually never runs out. And we want that, that, that great quality and that relationship with the customer. So like we are their beef provider for the rest of their beef eating careers. And you talk about, you know, earlier you'd mentioned the crazy times. And I, I think it's fair to say that we're in it right now, right? Where, I mean, oh, yeah. gosh, toilet, yeah. pa- toilet paper is gold for God's sakes. Are you kidding me? Dude, let I'm, alone, I'm let alone beef that could provide nutrition to a family, you know? So yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it, it's such a wild time. And it, I was joking with my wife the other day. I was like, why are people so hard up about buying toilet paper of all things? I said, if you don't have food, you're not going <laughs> to need the toilet paper. I said, so that, that should be our next beef pitch. I said, here, let's give uh, you a reason to have to use your toilet paper, buy some beef from us. Yeah, not only your, your roll of toilet paper, but the other thousand of them that these people seem to be hoarding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I watched a a deal on Facebook the other day. A guy actually broke down how many, on average, how many squares of of the toilet paper that people use per day. And he said people that go buy the 48-roll packs or whatever, he said they're going to have to go to the bathroom 180 times a day to be able to use that stuff in, in like a couple months, you know. So he's like, those people, they're freaking out way too much over nothing. Well, no, I, I completely agree. And when this thing all jumped off and, and these people are just ransacking stores for, for toilet paper, I'm, I was telling my wife that same exact thing. Like, I, I don't know, but how much toilet paper can a human use in one day? And these guys <laughs> yeah. are running, <laughs> running out of just handfuls exactly. of these 48 roll packs. It's just an absolute yeah, mess. And, uh, I told my wife, if it all hit the fan and the zombie day came, those are going to be the first sheeple that, that aren't going to be able to make it because. Oh, their priorities yeah, are not in the right rolls spot. Of toilet paper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good luck defending your castle with the uh, toilet paper rolls. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Good stuff. So let's get back onto the quality. I want to touch on 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 what you do to make sure that these cattle are well fed, and well finished, so you are producing the best nutritious beef you can uh, with your operation. Yeah, for us, we uh, what we like to do is if we can't raise the calf ourselves, we uh, we have a, a small circle of ranchers around us that have a couple hundred head of mama cows. And what we do is like, we get to go to those ranches and we get to sort through their calves and we get to pick exactly which ones we want. That way we we're uh, we're buying the top quality so we can end up selling the top quality. You know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that we could be screwy or uh, save money by doing this. You know, we could go buy the, the crippled steers, the blind ones, or uh just like the old nag looking one. But like our goal is like, we're going to go pay more money in the front end. So in the back end, we're going to make more money. You know, we, we, we don't really care about making a ton of money fast. Like our goal is to make a ton of money over a long, long distance of time. The sustainability side of things is important, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're feeding the top quality feed. We're feeding the top quality beef. And like I said, our whole goal is whenever you put a steak on the plate, or a, a burger or a roast or whatever, when you take a bite, you're like, wow, I, I'm never going back to the grocery store. I, I'm only buying beef from this place from here on out. Yeah. we uh, So we obviously have some chickens here at the house. And whenever people come over and they eat the chicken eggs from here, they can't believe, they always ask that question, right? Where do these things come from? Where did you buy them? I said, yeah. we didn't buy nothing. They're out there in the field behind you. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. It's been the same. We had a, my mm-hmm. buddy had a, a hog birch a couple of years ago. 
And same thing, the way they finished that pig. I mean, it was the best bacon that I have ever had in my life. And there ain't a store in the world that you're going to get that kind of quality from. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, and that's our deal too, is like you can – you can implant these steers or you can feed them a little bit of a different feed to make them grow faster and make them grow bigger in a short period of time. But like we're, we're, I guess you could say all organic, no steroids, no hormones, no implants, nothing to like bump the pace up to hurry up and make money. Like we're, we're in this for the long haul. So we're willing to take the extra 20, 40, 50 days to feed one out and get him to where He's still going to be healthy, obviously, for yeah. the customer, you know, yeah. instead of like, yeah. going and just eating a bunch of chemicals and junk, you're actually eating whole meat, whole beef. And I wonder, and this is probably more of a rhetorical question that doesn't really have an answer, but I wonder how much of the world has actually experienced true beef, right? That hasn't been pumped up full of hormones for commercial operations, right? Hasn't been pumped up full yeah. of hormones, hasn't been fed all this fast feed, uh, it's probably it's probably a fraction, I would say. Definitely yeah, less than yeah, more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. And that's the deal. Once you we we've had so many people say that they've never tasted anything like what they're eating. Just yeah. because just because of the quality and like how clean the actual meat is, yeah. you know. And yeah. and so yeah, it, it it would probably be a shocker if we actually did a study to see how many people out of ten have ever eaten local, like farm the table beef. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this time, I mean, it's a great, great time to push that model and, and people are way more educated and the, the accessibility of information is just abundant. So, um, for you and your, in your, in your small beef operations, like what are some of the challenges that you faced stepping off into this endeavor, right? Uh, cause prior to Swisher beef, I mean, there wasn't a whole bunch of cattle being raised by it. It wasn't like you grew up in a ranch and family per se. Yeah. Yeah, so for us, I think the biggest challenge would be just uh, getting customers to try it. And, and I feel like if if we had enough head or enough money to be able to just send everyone in Oklahoma City a steak, yeah. like we would we would knock the market out. You know, I, yeah. I think once we can get their lips around it, then I think that's whenever we like we've got them hooked. Yeah. And, and it's not yeah. it's not some kind of sales gimmick and some kind of something that we put in our beef. Like I told you just before, it's like, it's, it's actually all just beef. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's just beef. So yeah. I, I think our biggest deal being such a small operation, uh, if we can just get the people to try it, then, then we're doing really good. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we deal with. So for you, it's not this huge operation, right? It's a local deal. And, and yeah. you obviously serve the, the surrounding area. Well, I'm going to say Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Um, what are things that, other than the obvious, right, of people coming to you and buying the beef, what are ways do you think that, that people can support more of the local consumer, or excuse me, the local producer and the local rancher? Man, there's, there's so many ways. And what, what's cool about like starting this beef business is like we've met, uh, like we've met so many other people who do the same thing that we do that may live 10 miles from us or they may live a thousand miles from us. And half of them, they're, they're all on the same page as we are. Like they don't care that we started the business. They're happy that another rancher yeah, is pushing it is, is, yeah, is taken away from the big three. And then there's, there's the other half that are like, Oh, you're still in all my business. You're doing all this bad. And, yeah. and it, in my mind, the whole time is there's so many people in Oklahoma, so many people like in, 
our surrounding 50 mile square radius of us that there's a, a lot of mouths to feed. So we need more people to, to feed their beef out themselves and everything, you know? So, uh, it, it's just cool seeing the camaraderie amongst, uh, some other local ranches and stuff that are stepping in and saying, Hey, if you guys need help with anything, you know, we, we could tell you what we did wrong. So you could not yeah. have to do yeah. it yourself and all that. It's but a, yeah, man, that, it's cool that's when you sit back and you watch a group like that, uh, really support them support each other right and that's how it should yeah. be right because if if you genuinely in your heart stand for something and in this case right we're talking clean beef well-sourced beef uh, if that's something you believe in why not challenge the next guy to be that yep. much better right and and in turn yeah. i think you're 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 pushing your own envelope to keep up with the market right rather than yeah it's easy for people to sit back and criticize it's easy for people to sit back and chastise and, and talk down about people that's easy that takes no skill set no effort no genuine compassion in any regard you know but to not only run your operation but then encourage the next guy to run his operation and then help the third guy right pick up his operation i mean that's where yeah. you really start to gain that momentum and, and make a true difference in the market yeah, yeah, exactly. Like during these crazy times that we're in right now, we actually we had a freezer full of beef and we sold out of what we had in just like a, a short few days. And so instead of us going and like buying beef from someone else, turning around, marking it up and selling it, we actually we reached out to a uh, another local provider who ships beef. And so we started sending our customers to to their ranch. Oh, that's so awesome. they could so they could kind of reap the benefits and they could get their beef out too, yeah. you know? And, and like I said, at the end of the day, we're, we're not in this to make, to be millionaires and we don't yeah. care to, yeah. to, to be filthy rich or anything like that. We just want people to truly understand what it is to have good quality beef and to, to have the opportunity to like meet the rancher, know yeah. their face and see, like see what kind of work it goes into actually having a beef build up to feed a family and you offer such a genuine opportunity for the consumer to to really understand right i mean they come yeah. out to your place and they can see the facility they can see the feed they can see the animals they see the treatment with their own eyes right it's not yeah it's not a sales pitch it's not a bro on a brochure it's not fabricated you know you you see what yeah, you get yeah, right exactly. and i think that's what a convincing way to to help educate everybody as to what the product is and what you have to offer yeah. Yep. Exactly, man. And that's always been our, our thing is like, we don't care to have 10,000 head of steers out here, mm -hmm. but like we're, we're going to be qual. Let me, let me say this right. We're going to be quality over quantity Yeah. all day, all day of the week. You know, whether we feed two steers, whether we feed 40 steers, we're going to be the, the top quality. If, if one gets sick and we have to doctor it, we're going to pull it out of the pen and put another one in its place because we don't want any, any junk in the meat, like it's yeah, going to yeah, be all, yeah. you're going to be eating all beef when you eat Swisher beef. And that's the funny thing too, is it, and, and obviously the the following of this show and, and obviously all your fans, because we live in this Western way of life, we get it. But for all these people that, that get all hard and fast on this animal cruelty deal and, and how these animals aren't, aren't sustainably raised, if they genuinely knew the effort and the care and the headache that went into producing an animal, a safe, healthy, sustainable animal, I think it would change their tide quite a bit, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that, that's another reason why we invite them out to the ranch, you know, to, yeah, to be able to see like, what, yeah, what kind of, uh, facility that these animals are living in you know it's not like they're living in a small cage and they get beat they literally sit out in this little green pasture they eat all the grass that they want they eat all the feed that they want 
They sit under the shade tree. Like they, they actually have it way better than a lot of humans do. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? I'd like to just sit out in the pasture all day and hang out. Oh, dude, exactly. Not after where the food's coming or what bill to pay. Yep, exactly, man. Exactly. What is, I know we kind of briefly touched on it and maybe, maybe there is some effort for expansion when, when rodeo's done for you, but what are kind of the, maybe the short term goals for, for Swisher beef in the next year or two? Man, just, uh, like our, our main goal always is quality. Just continue to produce top quality. Uh, we've kind of kicked around the idea of starting to ship beef. So we, we've never actually sent beef through the mail. We've always just literally been local pickup and, yeah. uh, like local deliveries and stuff like that. So we, we've kind of kicked around the idea of maybe shipping it across Oklahoma lines just to, just to kind of see and stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that for me, it's, kind of a, a love and a passion to do. You know, I, I love seeing the mama cow have the baby calf, watching that calf grow up on the cow, weaning the calf, turning it out on wheat pasture, letting it grow more, bringing it in uh, to the pen, feeding it. And then like some will say it's cruel or whatever, but I, I love seeing it go from the pen to the plate, man, yeah. pasture, pasture to the plate. And that's, uh, it, it's just so cool to me because I can go back through the last three or four years and look, be like, all right, well, number 10, her her calf has been smaller and it hasn't graded as well, but number eleven, her calf it, it's it's been growing really well and it's been grading really well. So now we're gonna maybe if number eleven has a heifer, we're gonna keep that heifer back and we're gonna breed her and raise her calf to to produce beef and stuff just like that, you know. So, but like I said, I, I don't know it like we don't have huge goals for Swisher beef, but it should get good quality beef in people's freezers and in their house. Man. And sometimes keeping it simple like that is just the way to go, right? Rather than get caught up and being the next, you know, cattle yeah. tycoon, just, just one foot yep. in front of the other, do the best you can with it. And I think, man, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at this and, and obviously the passion and the fire for this is, is more than prevalent. You can hear it in your voice, right? In the, in the last, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes we've been on the air, but like all the time and effort that you are putting into this, dude, you are feeding human beings. You are feeding other families. Like that yeah, is absolutely yeah. incredible to be providing that kind of nutrition and, and sustainably sourced beef at, at, at an affordable price. And it's just, I don't know, man, to, to feed another family is pretty commendable in the grand scheme of things and, and, and helping, helping your fellow man. For sure, man. And, and I, I may be kicking myself in the, in the butt for saying this, but like I told you earlier before the uh, the podcast even started, is if if stuff does hit the fan where the world starts falling apart, you guys know where we live, so we're always going to have beef, obviously. <laughs> so come on out, we'll just have a big old barbecue hey, and watch the, the world. And yeah, that'd, that'd be a heck of a party right there. Dang right, we're all going to go out with big old t- tomahawk steaks in our hands. I was going to say, if that ain't a way to go out, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in your experience, have you found maybe a breed that's more advantageous or or a combination of crossbreeding that's been more advantageous for the market as far as, you know, and the, the reason I'm framing this question is if there's somebody out there who's who's maybe starting to get into this, is there maybe a breed that's easier to start with or a breed that's going to produce a little bit better product just to help people provide a little focus so they're not kind of aimlessly wandering into this endeavor if that's something that they wanted to pursue? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my advice would be, uh, Angus, you know, Angus has been probably one of the oldest associations and oldest breeds that there are. And it's obviously the, the top end quality. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of 
uh, other breeds, you know, that would be great. Uh, Herefords would be great. Brangus would be great. Bramer would be great. Uh, we even had a buddy feed out some Holsteins and they ended up actually tasting really great, you know? So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just the, the quality of time and work and feed and beef that goes into it is what you're going to get out in the long run, you know, no matter what color the animal is or, or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, it's just w- like how much, uh, true quality time and effort that you put into it is going to be the end product. So, yeah. uh, yeah. like what, what we, we, what we raise here is uh black Angus, you know, that's just because that's kind of like, so eye catching to a lot of people oh, and yeah. stuff. And, uh, so they know that, that black Angus is supposed to be the the best quality meat. But like I've said, we, we've had a buddy who raised the Holstein. We took uh, an Angus steak and put it next to the Holstein steak, and it's hard to really tell them apart no once kidding. it's all said and done and the, the hides off of it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and that just kind of – there. there's another thing, too. It just kind of depends on where you live, you know. So if you're in the south and it's really, really hot, you might be better off with some Bramer or some Brangus, you know, something yeah. with a little more ear that can stand the heat. If you're up in the north, you dang sure don't want the Bramer or the Brangus because they're they're not that that great of cold weather cattle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it all just kind of depends on where you're at and uh, what the weather's like and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. so I know I know you've you've always made yourself available as a resource, uh, not only in the cattle industry. I mean, man, we've had many many talks about just life in general and faith and and kind of pushing each other through this, through this journey of life. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you, right. Uh, to maybe gain a little better education, where can they reach uh, Where can they learn more about Swisher beef or if they want to be a consumer of how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, uh, just go to our Facebook or Instagram page. It's, uh, at Swisher beef co, uh, shoot us a message. Uh, you could reach out personally to me, uh, my Facebook or whatever, you know, or eat even my wife's and uh like we're always down like like i told you earlier like i love talking about beef we talked about it 20 minutes before we yeah. talked about it for this yeah. last 20 minutes and uh it, it's one thing that I, I truly love to to do and discuss and like I, I love to learn more about it i love everything about the beef industry and the western industry so uh, uh yeah feel free if if you ever have any questions about anything you know whether it be rodeo based faith based beef based whatever just reach out and we'd love to uh, take the time and help you. And it, we're, we're not going to be upset if you want to start a business, a beef business and all that, because we, we want to see more people do this and be able to uh, provide for their, their families and their communities and their, uh, their nations as well. And I think the greatest thing in, in all of this, uh, talking about this beef industry and doing this small lot beef and, and doing it very, very well, is just the, the confidence in everything, Right, the confidence in buying the cattle, the confidence in raising the cattle, the confidence in feeding and finishing and producing yep. and butchering—you know exactly what you are getting. Not only as a producer, but as a consumer, and and it takes all yep. these variables out of it. Of you know, as far as well, hey, this this store says that they're producing you know prime beef or choice beef yep. or non-GMO yep. or grass-fed or whatever you know. But yeah, when it comes down to it, we don't know. We don't know, yeah. but to get the yeah. opportunity to see the cattle in pasture, to see how they're how they're being maintained, right? See how they're being finished, yeah. how they're being processed, and things of that sort. Of just, it really, really drives things home as far as, and you've you've mentioned it a million times on the show. The quality is definitely there, no questions asked. Yeah. Yep, exactly, and that, that's uh, kind of one thing that I've I've told all of our customers. We, I haven't really named it this, but I'm going to name it this right now. 
I call it the, the Swisher beef guarantee. So if you come to us and you buy a half a beef or a whole beef or a quarter beef or whatever from us, you take it home, you fill your freezer full and you bust out a, a pack of steaks or a pack of hamburger and you don't like it. What we do is like, we'll literally give you all of your money back. We are, we're not going to, uh, be upset or whatever. And what we're going to do is we're either going to feed you another one or we're going to point you in the right direction to get better quality because yeah. at the end yeah. of the day, like I said, we, we want the best quality. And out of the, the last 50 customers or the 50 head of beef that we've sold this year, uh, we've had zero people say one, one negative thing about it, you know, so it, it's been, we're batting a thousand. I was going to say with yeah. the amount of care that you take in, in producing this beef, I, I'd venture to say that, uh, there would be an outlier if somebody's going to cash out in that in that guarantee, right? Because yeah, yeah, it's just exactly. the quality's there. It's, there's no question, yeah. no question about yeah. it. Yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah, good stuff, Chuck. Well, we burned through a half an hour pretty quick. Is there anything else that you want to add about the beef industry, small business, supporting small businesses, sustainability, knowledge of food sources, anything before we we cut it for this? Yeah, I, I think the the last and final thing. Uh, is especially right now with the coronavirus and everything going on in the world and and all the businesses and everything pretty much being just about shut down right now is no better time than to support your local business you know whether it be a little mom and pop shop little restaurant cafe whatever it is if if you can uh if they're closed down even like that's how they feed their families is through that business so that you might not be able to go in and get your hair cut or your nails done or whatever it is but if you could go buy a, a gift card or uh send them send them some money and send some prayers to them you know right now is they need it more than ever just because not every business like i said is is even open they a lot of a lot of businesses in our local community they've shut completely down and it's going to be an act of god before they can really even open up again even after all this you know just because they may not be able to pay bills or whatever. So if, if you can go out and buy six months in advance of hair supplies or massages or, or nail stuff or whatever, I think now's the time to do it. Just go support your local business because without your local businesses, you know, uh, I heard Dave Ramsey say that 54% of the world's produce and uh, food and business actually comes from local businesses. So if, if we clean out all the mom and pop shops through this coronavirus right now, then, then it's not going to be good. There's going to be those big, huge Amazon markets or the Walmarts or yeah. the big three companies, you know, that come in and take over and literally destroy all the, the small local businesses. So now's the time to support more than ever. Heck yeah, man. Well, if there's anything that we can do here at Let Freedom Rain Podcast, man, you know, you can always reach out and, and we'd love to watch your growth, especially over the last, gosh, it's been over a year since we recorded last and, and, uh, we're exciting to see the future of Swisher Beef. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank, thank you guys so much for having me and let me, uh, talk about what I love. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you down the road, my friend. All right. Later, bro. Later. Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign Podcast and being part of our freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. And Reign is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation, and it costs less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding, to help us produce free weekly content. 
For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one. We'll be right back.